Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I am here with Matt Barnett. Um, introducing um, his company, Bonjoro, was actually born out of a sales hack for his uh, first company when customers started asking how they could do the same thing. Matt and his team decided to go all in on the idea, and three years later, Bonjoro has snowballed into a team of five over crossed five continents and is using um, used in 27 languages. Uh, Matt is a creative at heart, and his love of building great products is also surpassed by his total commitment to building a great business culture. Uh, one of Matt's goals is the being the next Zappos, the most beloved um, and loved brand in the world. Uh, Matt, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Good, thanks, Sean. It's awesome to be here. So, yeah, we were talking about um, what's kind of been going around in 2020 <laughs> with um, environmental health, um, people and everything. Um, but kind of, you know, stepping back and um, kind of looking at um, Bonjoro um, with five continents and 27 languages. And I think the initial question is, um, why did you start it and how has it evolved since then? Yeah, sure. So, like, we started it by accident. Um, saw an opportunity. We were doing, we ran an agency here in Australia, uh, clients overseas, so New York, London, Paris. Uh, we'd have leads coming in. We do automation, email marketing. We weren't copywriters, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, very much a sales team. So to try and break that and try and get better conversion rates uh, because leads would come in as we were asleep here, I would take a ferry into work every day, go past the Opera House. And I gather a list of all our leads. So I see that John Archer from Ogilvy in London signed up, and I would do a video on my smartphone for John. So I record it. It's about a minute long. I'd say, hey, John, saw you sent up last night from Ogilvy. See you working on the Budweiser accounts. We've already done work with Budweiser in Hong Kong and Singapore. Um, this is what we did. Obviously, I'm not in London. I'm in Australia. Here's the Opera House, but I will be in London in six weeks. Why don't I bring coffees in and come and show you and the team what we do? Now, we would then download that editor, get into an email and send it out. And the first piece of comms that client would ever get would be this video. And it smashed it. So we tripled our response rates. People came back and it wasn't so much the pitch. People were like, this is this is this is awesome. This is so different. Um like absolutely come in and see us. You know, absolutely let's have that call. Tripled our business this essentially uh, off the back of it. Um, and then one day one of those clients, they were like, hey, this video email thing, can we uh, can we use it too? And we built we sat down with beers on the weekend, um, me and my CTO, and we hacked something together that they could use and get it out. And then they started using it. And then a bunch of people they sent it to came in and they were like, oh, can we also sign up and use this? And so we we kind of spent another weekend getting it together, got it out again, and put a paywall behind it. And it overtook the original business in 12 months. It just kind of snowballed and went boom. I like that. Um, snowball will boom in a good way, not boom in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, boom in a good way. <laughs> and um, I think more so kind of pivoting, I mean, it's video marketing for email, you know, and that, I think that's a big better response, you know, sometimes because people get texts all the time, text-based emails that you're doing more personable. But I want to see, um, ask more about um, how do you create a culture um, for business success? So in the sense that, you know, you decided on on video and your marketing and building this stuff out, but how do you on the back end create a culture for business to sustain that for customers? And especially for a remote team too. Like so I mean honestly it's easier I'd say it's almost easier in the in, in the early days. So when we did this we're only a team of four people, we 
were open to opportunities. I think we were looking for best, like an agency is fine. Yeah. It's not the best business model. Like, to be honest, um, I love SaaS. It's much more predictable. Allows you to build a better company for the back of it. Um, so we were, I think, open to opportunity. We've been playing around a video anyway. So when it came along and we saw it, we had the attitude and the kind of initial culture where we were still kind of hackers, still kind of doing stuff. And so it was natural to go to go and give us a shot. Um, you know, everyone says don't don't try new businesses, but honestly, like opportunities, like absolutely go in, try them. You know, two weekends is not a lot of work. Um, we've tried to sustain that as we've gone ahead. Um, so we're very much a data focused company. So we we test, we trial, we try and put minimum effort in, we look at results, we then go yes or no. Um, and that's kind of I guess gone and we've kept that as we've grown. It has been hard to keep, I guess, that kind of hacky mentality as you go to the team because you you hire different team members. You know, you're not hiring early early founding teams as you grow, you know, you're hiring people into specific roles and specific niches. But I would say we've done a pretty good job of keeping the team entrepreneurial. Like we've hired quite a few failed founders. We've hired quite a few people who, you know, who are doing things on the side and, and, and we encourage that and that's fine, you know. And if people leave the team and go and start businesses, that's that's cool with us. Um, so we've tried to keep that in how we hire. Um, I'd say that kind of attitude is probably number one to kind of getting us to where we are. I like that. I mean, you're, you're building your core of your business and you're building it outwards, just like how you found the sales hack and you found opportunity to build that out. Um, so how does, um, how does culture translate from employee over to customer? So you're building out these teams. Um, you're building out key focuses. How do you um, help make sure that that is communicated over the customer since, you know, you probably have some customers that um, have started from the beginning, the very beginning. So, um, you know, how, why is that so important these days to kind of communicate that? And how do you communicate that? Yeah, so look, I actually say we're in quite a lucky space where we sell to a lot of people like us. So we do a lot of big businesses, but we also do a lot, a lot of SaaS companies, a lot, of, a lot of kind of like early teams as well, who tend to be very open, very people, people, like similar cultures to us. So again, like, but the bias is we can't, we can't sell to people like us, yeah, which is made very easy. I'd say the number one thing is hiring though. Um, and what I mean here is that you need to hire people that align with your culture and your values because those people will be talking to customers. And it doesn't matter if they're in engineering or in sales or in CS. They like like my entire team does videos for customers and talks to customers. Like everyone has to go on the front line at some point. Um, that in my mind, if you've hired them correctly and they're the kind of people who fit with us and our culture, I'd say the number one thing about our brand is actually our voice and the way we talk to customers and the way we're very open and we're very welcoming and, and we really have this culture of delight as well where we try to surprise customers and engage them. Everyone on the team we've hired who we think already has that built in. So we have this kind of hacky mentality and data focus. We have this like idea of like delight and like customer care. And so where we've done, like uh, we've made mistakes, by the way, we've, we've had team members that haven't fit because of this, where they've been great in their job, not right on the culture side. So we've tried to hide that and therefore it's just been picked up and it's just the way that we do things here. I, I, think, I think to that other point I mentioned, putting team on the front line, every single team member, including like tech, super important. You do that, everyone, everyone like can't help but 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 be customer first. Does that kind of answer it? Yeah, that does. I mean, that I think that's um, kind of a, a core essential. A lot of um, businesses kind of leave out is that you're you're that they don't even have their tech out front. Um, you know, their tech people, especially like you know, talking to customers and understanding 
um, understanding the, the, you know, usually the problems, because usually you can see from different points of view of having tech operations, sales, mark, whoever to see from a different angle and see a different scope of, you know, how can we improve this product or how can we improve our company, you know, down the road. So um, I love that. I'm just trying to figure out the right header for this, <laughs> um, this post or not this post, but this podcast episode. So I think more so, um, you know, done with the questions, no more grilling you for, um, for now, but, uh, it's, it's more so, you know, what are the internal lessons that you've learned? So you said that you learned, you know, what Bonjoro was going to do from a previous model, you know, you know, can you kind of talk about that? That's probably not online. Or if you want to talk about a customer success story that, um, you've kind of helped bring along the way, um, something that's probably not on your website that you just kind of want to, um, put out there in the stratosphere. Yeah. So I mean, look at, look at how we built the business. We founded one, crashed and burned, failed, found the breakup, the whole lot. We actually did, we actually didn't close that business. We had investors. We felt, I felt morally we were going to give it another shot. We put some more funds back in. We kept going. We started the agency out of that. We never went out to build an agency. We were like, right, how do we survive? Like, how do we keep, how do we keep this going? And we were able to then keep that going long enough to then, and then Bonjour came out at the end of it. So, uh, uh, yeah, this, these weren't overnight successes. This was a case of continuing to try and find the opportunity, uh, not giving up, carrying on, obviously building kind of a core team who, who understood that. Um, I think if I look what made us successful in business, it's probably having those failures and realizing that, like, not so like not really the whole fail fast kind of over over said thing. I think it's a case of testing fast and trying to work out um, leading indicators as to what will be successful. So the first business we, we went all in, we built for like six months and then released this thing and fundraised. And honestly, like amazing idea, didn't work. Like there were, there were some key fundamentals that we missed and we hadn't tested for. The second business we were smarter at, um, I just wouldn't, yeah, and that business still runs the agency. I just, yeah, at the end of the day, it's the agency model, uh, which is, has limitations towards scale and predictability. By the time we came to doing Bonjuro, like we didn't want to fail again so much that we just like we tested everything so much to make sure it was actually a thing you know the the first version we put out looked awful like it it hardly worked it looked awful we didn't want to invest much more time into it than that that started going we're like okay let's just put a a basic paywall of 15 bucks on the front see if that gets paid we didn't think about it we just it was like a split second decision that got paid, but like, okay, right, yeah, pricing we didn't re- re- revisit for six months to a year because we're like, it wasn't that important to us right then. It was just an indicator that people would pay for this. Um, now, again, the business has evolved from then to the stage where now we have processes in, in all the different elements of the business, but I say we still take that attitude. It's like, you know, someone says, I think we should do this. I okay, go, okay, well, show me the leading indicators. Show me what constitutes success. How do we test it? How do we invest? You know, if you've got zero budget, Come back ne- next week and show me why that's going to work. Um, so I think it's that idea of just test, 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 get some indication, take the next step. But honestly, if you spend six months on something and it looked like it was going to work the whole way and it doesn't work at the end, the other thing is like we just cut it off. Like there's no there's no bias, you know, where you've invested a lot of time in something. Like if it's not working, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like it's just it's just a learning process. Um, and again, that that was how we started the business. That's how we failed. That's how we got to where we are. But now it's how you run each department within the business on, on, that, on that same kind of attitude. 
I like it. Now, now I figured out what to, now I figured out what the title should be. So, <laughs> um, so enough grilling. Um, this is more about you, about not the company or anything else, but when you get up in the morning, um, which is morning there, it's evening here. Um, uh, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you, you want to work on, you know, Bonjoro or, you know, what's the first thing you, you want to, you're focusing on that you want to help customers with? Or even teammates. Uh, look, uh, I mean, sense that, like I do think every morning you can't like. It's, I tend to think through about three things that need to be done that day. Um, so maybe this is it's not quite answering, but I tend to think about what are the three important things that need to be done today, and it's potentially customer, it's potentially team, it's potentially business or, or product or funnel. Um, I tend to just think because I, I, I honestly I don't think you can do more than three things a day, and if those things are very small things, that that's fine as long as they're important. Um, you know, team team tends to naturally be most of that. I think as a as a CEO, my number one role, hands down, is to make sure the team is effective. So if if that's all I did, it would be a good use of my time. Now I, I still sit on products because because I enjoy it. You know, selfishly, like like I, like I do say cross product management, like I'm a product guy. But really, if I can help the team perform, if I can you know, see roadblocks when maybe they can't see them. And again, as a CEO, as a founder, you, you sit across, because you sit across all the silos of the business, you do tend to spot things and, and patterns a lot easier than, than other team members. Um, if you can step in and flag those, get the team members to figure them out, to work on them, to improve themselves, and then to go and solve them, like that's your goal. Um, you know, in, in an early company, you'll probably find yourself like I do. I tend to cycle through teams. So, you know, we'll work on product team for a while, you know, for maybe six weeks. We'll get them through some of their choke points. That might be hiring new team members. It might be training up. It might be process-driven. Once they've kind of got past the next step, then something like marketing is falling behind. Then we can hop into marketing. Then we can look at those guys. And then, then you know, that's good. We then go on to CS, you know, and then operations. By the time that's all done, product needs some more help. So that's probably how I kind of approach the mornings. Um, again, just those three things that need to be done. It's going to be mostly team-focused. Um, and then I'd say, because I'm a product guy, I, I tend to be a product next. Um, but other other founders I know will go kind of team and then customer first. I like it. I mean, you stay true to your core of who you are with product, yeah. but then you also see how you, how you've you know operated you know in each you know individual team of staying in each group and then moving on. <laughs> like I the love, team love, is almost the product. I mean, that's what it is. I love I love like I love product. Yeah, like I'm very happy just doing product the whole time. It's, that's not my life now. now. Like it's um it's not like here's the thing. Like it, like you give the business what it needs. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. So whatever the business needs, like ultimately, like I have to, to do that. So if that means I can't go and play products and get lost in the hole for, you know, a week because something is going on, then unfortunately, it's just got to be done. Like, yeah. like, like I always say, like, like as CEO, your number one role is to do all the jobs no one else wants to do. <laughs> like that's it, yeah. Like you just come in and like, honestly, you just toughen up and you just fight fires so that the rest of the team doesn't have to worry. So they don't have to stress. So they can do their jobs more effectively. And if you do that, like it's, it's the best way to lead, I think. So besides work now that you, now you put all the stress on yourself, <laughs> what do you do as a hobby? And then what do you do, um, you know, kind of, you know, take yourself out of that, you know, always that constant mindset of work. And then what do you do health wise too, to kind of figure out that balance? Yeah. Like health is an interesting one. Was it you've got work, friends, family, and health. And you can you can do one 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 really well. You can do the second one pretty good, third one just about, and the fourth one tends to go. 
I'll be honest, my health has kind of gone a little bit at the moment. Um, having had a new daughter, um, and then obviously, I think like it's been a bit of a struggle with the family, like around the world. Like we, we were based around the world in the states, the UK, and here. So it's been an interesting time. Um, I think work and family have really sucked in a lot of my time right now. Health is coming back. Um, look, but I'm the reason. So I'm, I'm British. I'm moving to Australia because I think it's one of the few places in the world um, where there's like real adventure. Um, in a Western country. I, I think Alaska has this as well. I think Canada gets it. Um, here, you know, it's 20 million people and it's the size of the States. It's it's a vast open country. So with us, it tends to be, you know, doing multi-day hikes out into the bush, going out, like we surf a lot. So surfing up, up and down the coast. I was like, I was like yesterday and um, we paddled in because we, we saw what looked like an oversized dolphin that wasn't breaking the surface. So I'm pretty sure there's a shark trolling us. Um, so yeah, look, look, it, it, doing that kind of stuff, it's going to be all consuming. Like if I have something where my mind is slightly idle, it probably switches back to work. Um, if I do something like I'm surfing and there's sharks hanging around, like, honestly, I'm not thinking about work because, because, because if, if I stop thinking, I get smashed by a wave or get eaten. So it's <laughs> trying to find those things where it's like you're 100% focused. If you could do that, like it's, it's, it's the only way to switch off. I like that. So I can put there in the subheading, you know, you know, how to test fast and not fail fast. And also I'm not thinking about work when a shark is chasing me. <laughs> That's pretty, I mean, look, stay with business. Yeah. The sharks, the sharks everywhere, man. <laughs> exactly. If there's a, if there's something going on, you're not thinking about your company. You're thinking about, Oh crap, I need to get out of there. Um, yeah. So Matt, you know, thanks for being on the show, you know, talking about Bonjoro. Um, you know, how you're building the team, how you're building a, a loved brand. I think that's kind of the biggest thing, um, not only from a team aspect, but from a customer aspect. And I think just um, how you've kind of chatted about it, um, you know, where the company has been, you know, where it's going. And then, um, you know, sharing the stories. Um, always love, you know, you know, you have your cup of coffee in the morning or afternoon and you share a story. And, uh, you know, absolutely love that. And, you know, talking about you of what, you know, what makes you operate as a person and how do you see what success is? So, you know, I want to thank you for, you know, being on this episode and I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for having me. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.